right. Welcome back to the Ultimate Pocket Therapist. We are a mother and daughter team of Shanette and Brooke, wanting to educate and enlighten others to mental health issues. Yep. Here we are once again. We are. We say this every time, like we're surprised at ourselves for doing it. We just keep coming back. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Look at us almost have like a commitment to something. I know, right? (laughs) It just keeps coming. (laughs) So anyway, what we're going to talk about today, because I know you're interested. Oh, I I am so interested. Yeah. You would like to know. Mm -hmm. So we have actually been receiving some more questions than like... scenarios scenarios yeah yeah. just basically centered around what equine assisted psychotherapy is and i guess we've touched on it a little bit in the past but it's enough to have people wonder what we do with the horses yeah so we thought we would actually kind of focus on equine assisted psychotherapy today and what what it is how we've used it throughout the years and um answer some questions about it so I, that's great. And to uh, just knock the original question everybody asks, just nip it in the butt now. <laughs> no, my mom does not give therapy to Dude, horses, right. and she does not talk to them. No, I am not a horse whisperer. She's not a horse therapist, but right. she's a horse therapist. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. I use horses in the therapy. Yeah. Yeah. That's my favorite question about... I know. Honestly, about uh-huh. every time it gets brought up, somebody's oh, yeah. like, so... You give horses psychotherapy? Yeah. Well, I've had so many people call and say, hey, I've got this horse that's got problems. You know, can you come and talk to it? <laughs> it's like, You're like, sure. No. How much no. are you going to pay me? Yeah. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> Certainly, I'll come right over. Yeah, I'll talk to anything. <laughs> give me a hundred bucks. <laughs> so anyway, well, backing, backing the truck up, how I became like involved was somewhat of an accident in a lot of ways. When we moved back to Utah from Colorado, I worked in different settings. And one of the settings that I worked with was um, doing drug and alcohol counseling for adolescents between the age of 12 and 18. It was a state contract. And I started working with a group of boys. And on my own, I decided to incorporate my horses I had at the time with this boys group and ended up getting some really great results and just kind of weaning it on my own using the horses. Well, then one day, Paul is over in another town close to where we're at, and he heard an advertisement on the radio about a demonstration for equine-assisted psychotherapy, and it was going to be that night. And he hurries and calls me and says, oh, you need to get over here and see this. I just heard this ad, and I said, I can't. I've got clients. He said, I'll go. So he went, he comes home all jazzed with, oh, this is exactly what you need to be doing. And So so hold on. Meanwhile, what were you doing with that group of boys? Like, how were you using the horses at that point? Okay, so... They would come down, and I would just have them interact with the horses, brushing them and whatever. And then as an incentive, if they stayed sober 
for a certain amount of time. I took them on mountain rides. Oh, okay. Because I honestly, I don't remember right. this. You would have been quite small. I was, yeah, I was little and yeah. I don't, I don't even uh-huh. recall this story. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Okay. So they actually, I actually rewarded them and we had really great horses that anybody could ride. And they were mostly mountain horses back then because it's way before I barrel raced. Mountain horses, meaning trail, trail going horses. out on mm-hmm. a trail ride. Yep. Terrain mm-hmm. didn't bother yep. them. Mm-hmm. So I would trailer them up and we would go on rides as kind of a, so they would work towards this as a goal in their sobriety. Okay. Yeah. Meanwhile, I just have them be doing interactive things with the horses and grooming them and stuff. Not all the time, maybe once a week. Okay. Mm -hmm. Just a nice way to get Mm -hmm. out and have a different Mm -hmm. environment. Right. As we'll talk about too, horses are just, just even being around them are very healing. Yeah. Okay, so back to the demonstration. So that anyway, Dad after that, I um, got in touch with this organization called EGALA, which is Equine Assisted Growth and Learning, and it was established in 1999, and I became a member of EGALA in 2000, and I am still a member of EGALA, so 22 years later, I'm still doing equine assisted psychotherapy using the EGALA model. There you go. Yep, so we'll get more into that. Yes. That's how, that's how it came about. For you. Yeah, yeah. for me. <laughs> I already had the horses. I already had, yeah, you were just like, I'm so sick of this damn office. Just, yeah. My horses really need to be brushed. Come on, kids, let's go. <laughs> let's get out. Want to clean yeah. some stalls while you're out here? Yeah. <laughs> and I was already a therapist. Yeah, it worked. I mean, just pretend like, just walk in like you know what you're doing and yeah. they're yeah. going to believe you. Just wean it. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that was the beginnings. So over the years... um, People have asked, why do we use horses? What is the connection with horses, people, and therapy? And I thought that would be something that might be good to kind of clarify is why do we use a horse? Mm-hmm. What what benefit does it have? Why aren't we just using a cat? Right? Yeah. yeah. Therapeutic cat cats. program. Okay. <laughs> you know, hurting a cat. Or hurting cats. <laughs> so, we had enough of them. We could have had cats. <laughs> well, I think it's important, too, to clarify that all, I, I believe, and many people believe, all animals are therapeutic. Correct. You know, you, right. yeah, like, mm-hmm. and you do with your clients mm-hmm. here in the office setting, you ha- usually have three dogs in there with right. you. and the clients love it. They just sit mm-hmm. and pet and talk and they're having their right. animal therapy. Right. But it is vastly different with horses for these reasons. Mm-hmm. It's not just going out and petting them like you would a dog. Right. Yeah. Because horses have this amazing ability right. to mirror mm-hmm. um, every emotion that you're having. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and that's kind of back to what we want to touch on is why we use the horses, Mm -hmm. you know, why, why they are so important in our therapy. And so if you look at history, horses have always had an amazing part in cultures, you know, wars have been won with horses, you know, just even back to, you know, going back to the Civil War, you know, Mm -hmm. looking at the role of horses over the years, even way back before then. So Horses continue to play a vital role in today's society. People are drawn to horses. Mm-hmm. Whether you're a horse lover or not, 
there's always something about a horse that captures your interest and draws you in to kind of take a closer look. People are kind of attracted to horses. You yes. know, children love to pretend they're riding horses. Yes. Yeah, you did that all the time. <laughs> I would go ride my horse and then come home and pretend I was riding, riding a horse. horse. Uh-huh. And then I would pretend that I was a horse. Right. All in one day. All in one day. Right. And it's- never once thought that I might need to take a break. <laughs> Or you might need therapy. <laughs> might need therapy. Yeah, I, you know, my, my mom never addressed therapy for me. I think it would have been really beneficial. <laughs> you were not a horse. I was not a horse. <laughs> so horses have a real healing power. Um, we've used them for generations in many different healing disciplines. They're used in hippotherapy to aid children and adults with physical and mental disability. Um, many physical therapists utilize horse therapy as a vital part of rehab mm-hmm. for their patients. And I think we've all read stories about the healing power of a horse and someone spending time with a horse and, you know, getting over amazing problems. They, you know, help us release endorphins, you know, that help reduce anxiety and stress. Mm-hmm. So there's many reasons. Some of the ones, um, a few years ago, Dana and I co-wrote a book, and part of it in the beginning, we talk about some of the reasons that we use horses, and I'll just go over some of the ones to kind of highlight mm-hmm. some of the ones. And just like Brooke mentioned a minute ago, horses have this ability to mirror back what is happening emotionally at the moment, mm-hmm. okay, right then. They are responsive to the emotion and the action that's around them. Yes. Okay. And if a person approaches a horse and they're angry, you know, chances are the horse may react exactly the same way. Mm -hmm. And they do that often. Okay. And horses have no hidden agenda. Unlike people, they are totally honest at all times. Okay. They simply react to what is happening at the time. They don't have standards of judgment. They don't have any preconceived thoughts or feelings. They don't label. Yeah. It is safe to be around a horse because they are not going to judge you, label you. They do not care about your socioeconomic class, status, where you've come from, color of your skin. They don't care. Yeah. They are just there. So because of that, old patterns of behavior and excuses simply don't work. Okay. So yep. you, you can't yeah, you can't hide that nothing's going on around a horse. Busted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They will bust you. So And we'll we'll talk about how, but yeah. Being somebody who has been around horses, that's the where you can then read what they are saying about that client too. Right. And the stuff mm-hmm. that's coming out. Yeah is because we know how horses normally interact. Right. And so it will then tell us right. what's going on in that person. Right, because they're mirroring back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that, you know, people, everybody has a mask. And what I mean by that is we all hide behind masks. Mm-hmm. You know, we have this, everything's fine, and inside it's not, mm-hmm. you know. And with the horse, you can't hide behind a mask. Yeah. Yeah, you will definitely be busted. Yeah, yeah. and it, and an example outside of therapy of this that I've that it just always was st- stood true with me. I can't talk right now. Stood true with me was um, when I used was able to ride horses up to a few years ago. 
I had a handful of horses at any given time that I knew if I had a bad day and I was ornery and I was pissed already Mm -hmm. and I was just revving and ready for any kind of a conflict. You know, those days that you're just like, oh my mm -hmm, gosh. You hate the world. Hate the world. Hate the world. I knew not to ride those horses because the moment I got on them, they hated the world Mm -hmm. and they were pissed and everything was a conflict. They reacted. They reacted and they would just mirror back my exact emotions. Right. And I would, you know, and I think any horse person can relate to this. There's those horses that you just, Mm -hmm. if you're in a bad mood, just, just don't. Yeah. Yep. And then there's all the other horses yep. you can get on. They'll level you out and calm you down. And mm-hmm. yeah, you just need, yep, they do mirror back. The horse I gave you, Bliss, is a prime example <laughs> of a mirroring horse. And don't ride her if you have an agenda outside of just having a good day. There's a few you've given me over the years. <laughs> and I can say this. Yeah, that's why you give them to me. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I collect your horses. <laughs> so the thing that's important to realize with equine assisted psychotherapy is it is not about being familiar with a horse. It's not even about liking a horse. We have had so many people come that say, I don't like horses. They scare me. I don't want to be around a horse. And we say, it's not about liking a horse. You know, we're not trying to convince you to like a horse. Mm -hmm. We're trying to help you with where you are emotionally in your life right now. And the horse will help us do that. So with equine-assisted psychotherapy, the horse becomes the therapist. And one of the hardest things I've had to do over the years is keep my mouth shut. (laughs) Really, because Mm -hmm. I kind of talk. I talk a lot. No no, no one would notice this. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Just be around me. (laughs) Yeah. And so one of the things that we learn is we have to keep our stuff out of it. So we have to allow the process to happen. So the model that I have always used over the years, when I mentioned a minute ago, EGALA, is a two-person model. This model has a licensed mental health professional and a qualified equine specialist. And you work as a team. Mm -hmm. Okay? So one of the things that we look at is what is the role of the equine specialist versus the role of the mental health specialist in staying out of this process. While being in the process. While while being there, (laughs) yeah. So a mental health specialist, their role, of course, is to look at the the therapeutic stuff that might be coming out that we are sitting back watching, okay? Behaviors and emotions and what's really going on, dynamics, especially if we're working with families, the dynamics that play out in the arena are exactly the dynamics that are going to play out at home. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and the same thing with the horse specialist, okay? You're watching those horses play out dynamics, okay? And a horse specialist needs to stay out of the way and allow it to happen while still kind of watching for safety issues. Yes. Right. And just incidentally, for years, Brooke was my partner and my horse specialist. <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> yes, you were. And you went to many trainings. And yep, worked. I got certified and went right. through all the trainings. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, helped me in the arena with a lot of lot of the work that we talk about. Mm-hmm. So today, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about different experiences and stories based on equine assisted psychotherapy while I was working with residential treatment 
kids. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because over the years, I've worked in many different areas. I've worked with, you know, addiction groups with adults. I've worked with individuals, families. We spent a lot of time doing therapeutic writing with special needs kids and adults. And, and I spent a lot of years just focusing on residential treatment. Mm-hmm. So instead of trying to, because it's so much, I think we're going to just work on some of our not work. We're going to talk about. (laughs) Oh, no, hell, we're working. (laughs) This is what we're going to work on today. (laughs) So we're just going to talk about residential treatment and some of the things that came out while working in this population. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because this is one of the areas that you helped me with. Yes. Was this group. Yeah. And it was a teenager based Mm -hmm. age. Mm -hmm. And teenagers are fascinatingly good at pretending there is nothing wrong or pretending to walk the walk and talk the talk just to get out of their session and get the box checked. Right. But you put them in front of a horse and they don't get that option. Oh yeah. Yeah. So for years I worked with just primary, primarily uh, girl residential treatment facility. I worked for several of them, but this, particular, a lot of the stories we're going to talk about today came from a group of girls that came out for a period of time. They actually came out every single day for four hours. So they were on the farm a lot Mm -hmm. and they became very acquainted with their horses. Each girl kind of had their own horse. We also did a horsemanship program, totally different than the equine assisted psychotherapy in which the girls were allowed to ride. So they became very bonded and very close to their horses over a period of time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So some of the stories that we what we talked about sharing today is with this group of girls that were very connected with these horses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was the period of time that you helped me the most. Yeah. Right. I was around a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as, um, was stated I was the equine specialist and a lot of equine, my role as an equine specialist and learning to be one is I had to re re, like learn to unlearn. Right. So all of my life, untraining, untraining. Yes. And all of my life, you know, there was the right and wrong way to catch a horse, approach a horse, saddle horse, brush, all of it, there was right and wrong ways. Right. And I had to untrain myself that there was actually no right or wrong way. Right. As long as the process happened. happened. Uh-huh. Yes. The halter could be upside down. Yeah. But, but it was on. It was on and the mm-hmm. horse was going to go with it. And they might have to wear that halter upside down for a couple hours. And I l- had to learn just to bite my tongue and just try not to look at it and (laughs) try not to fix it at Mm -hmm. all. And also, um, we, we would make sure we used safe horses, horses we knew horses, because there are aggressive horses out there that will take any opportunity to kick at you or, Mm -hmm. you know, right. And we would make sure we didn't have one, we wouldn't have a horse like that on our property, Correct. but we also would not put a horse like that or with any bad habits that were dangerous in around with, anybody. Yeah, in with any clients. Right. But, you know, normally, um, you know, if I was not doing therapy with somebody and they were standing directly behind a horse, I'd be like, whoa, dude, like, get, don't stand behind the horse. I don't care how tame they are. You don't know, stand there. Don't stand there. Yeah. That's their defense mechanism. They get startled. They don't realize it's you behind them. They might kick at you and hurt you. Right. 
But with equine therapy, if someone was standing directly behind a horse during an activity, I couldn't interject. Couldn't panic. I couldn't Don't panic. panic. Don't or, panic. Yeah, I couldn't. <laughs> I didn't want to break up what was happening, too. Right. So instead, you would walk over and kind of be like, hey, c- come over here and check in with us, or let's let's talk, or, uh-huh. you know, or even there was times I'd even walk over, I remember, just kind of grab them by the shoulders and just move them a couple feet to the side uh-huh. without saying anything. Uh-huh. And because we we would go over the safety beforehand, and a lot of times if I would kind of just scoot them, they'd realize what was, and they'd be like, "Oh, you know, yeah, and they'd right. move over." But yeah, it was yeah. it was very different for me, and not interrupting the therapeutic process, yes. allowing it to happen, and that's one of the the unique things with equine therapy is you just allow the process to happen mm-hmm. because it will, yeah. And another thing that I would do while I was out there for the therapeutic talking or addressing it mm-hmm. afterward, the checking in when it was right. all done, Processing. is mm-hmm. I would take note as to the different things the horses were doing, mm-hmm. even if it wasn't a safety concern, just right. the different uh-huh. that I would find interesting that would were normal for me to see a horse doing, right? but I wanted to have the client reflect later right. uh-huh. as to what that was. And right. prime example is... Horses, when they're together, loose, in an arena, if they get an opportunity to, they'll sit and mouth at each other. They play bite. They'll nip at each other. Mm-hmm. They'll Sometimes they'll kind of rear up and on their hind legs and stand up and do their little kung fu fighting. And, yeah. you know, and for us, it, they're playing. They're right. having fun. It's harmless. It's harmless. They're enjoying it. But for someone that's in, in the, as a client and they might be like, oh my gosh, he's acting just like my parents acted when they fight right. in front of me. Or, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, they're mad at each other. They're trying to hurt each other. Uh-huh. And then that brings up, okay, well then, you what know. is this? What is this similar to in your world? Yeah, what yeah. is this bringing up? Where mm-hmm. for me and my mom watching horses out there, they're just enjoying the sunlight and right. playing in yeah. our eyes. Right. But they're acting out right. something that's actually beneficial for and the And that's client. a huge part and the most difficult part of transitioning from office therapy to equine therapy is staying out of it. Yeah. And just for me, not talking, you know, because how I interpret it, just like you said, is not at all how somebody else would interpret it. And if I put my interpretation in the middle of it, we lost the therapeutic process. Yeah. Yep. And it was, it was big on learning the... So when we witnessed... The horse is doing this. Mm-hmm. What 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 was that? What mm-hmm. were they doing? Yeah, yeah. And letting them talk about the experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it will bring up stuff. It will. Mm-hmm. It will. And the things we think are just harmless horse banter back and forth right. playing, they're actually mm-hmm. doing because they are feeling something in the client. And this brings up a really good point because oftentimes a client will look at us and say, "What's that horse doing? Why are they doing that?" And our job is to not answer. Mm-hmm. Our job is to put it back on them. Well, what what do you see them doing? Why do you think they're doing that? Mm-hmm. It's not about our interpretation of what the horse is doing based on our horse knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or they'll look. The, the horse is. They're being mean. Uh huh. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. They're okay. Correct. Yeah. Yep. You know, and it's like, he's not being mean. He's fine. <laughs> you know, but you don't want to downplay any of it. Right. Yeah. So I found um, equine-assisted psychotherapy to be so beneficial, especially when we have 
Well, I love it with teenagers. Just like you said, you know, teenagers will come in my office and they will tell me what they think I want to hear just to get the hell out, Mm -hmm. you know. But you put them out in the arena with a horse and stand back and it's a whole different therapeutic experience. Mm -hmm. And so I love it for that reason. But also, you know, people have to be honest in what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if I can interject my favorite, one of my favorite stories that is just always so many years prominent in my mind. Okay. But we were uh, one of the girls that was out. Karen. Karen. All these little Karens. The uh, whole we have group a home bunch of little, of little, little Karens. Karens. Little, little Karens. <laughs> but this little Karen um, had been out many, many times. Well, she had a real issue with being bullied, but she never wanted to actually admit she was being bullied Mm -hmm. or the things that were going on. And it was like, we could tell there was something happening every day in her world, Mm -hmm. but she wouldn't actually talk about it. She wasn't coming clean. She wasn't coming clean. Nope. And she knew the horse that she was working with very well. And mm-hmm. had been out there many times. His his name was Wilson. You'll hear right. a lot of Wilson stories. We have he several was, Wilson stories. He was amazing yeah, he was at this. Um, but she was out there with Wilson. She had him haltered up, and she was doing an activity. And Wilson, for whatever reason, this day was just on her like glue, meaning <laughs> bumping her with his head. I mean, horses are 1,200-pound animals. When they push you with their head, Mm-hmm. If you're not standing upright, you fall down. They yeah, will knock you exactly. over. Mm-hmm. And he was bumping her and nibbling at her. And as the session went on, he was getting more and more aggressive. Mm-hmm. And I remember she was standing over with us or by us by the fence. And he, he one of the last final straws with him after pushing her the entire mm-hmm. session was he shoved her really hard and she hit the panels. And, right. and I, she was fine. Right. No one panicked. Yep. She was okay. Mm-hmm. But it was enough that she was like, it finally, she had tears in her eyes. She snapped. And she snapped. She did. And she whipped around and just got after Wilson, yelling at his, in his face. You know, and mm-hmm. the Wilson's just standing there like, <laughs> gotcha. gotcha. And, um, you know, she's just yelling at him, I have to deal with being pushed and bullied and people throwing me around all day long. And I am not going to take it from you. And like, just laid into him. Right. And me and my mom were like, oh, there oh, it is. There it is. Yeah. There we got it. Yep. Yeah. Well, so much. Wilson got it. Yeah, yeah. Wilson got it. And as soon as she released that and came clean with it all and we were able to process it, Wilson stopped bugging her. Right. He you was bet. just back to being polite and following mm-hmm. her around. Mm-hmm. But he knew it was like, no, nope, yeah. I'm going to make this come out. Oh, yeah. And so he bullied her until she admitted to being bullied. bullied. And then from then on, we were able to address the bullying and what was really going on. But prior to that, she was keeping it all inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wilson was an amazing um, therapy horse in that he, all of our horses are great and they're all at different levels of therapy horse, but Wilson had this unique ability to bring out emotion in people and reflect it right back. Just like he could pick someone out of a crowd and Mm, he did. And he did. Yeah. So, you know, this is a, another Wilson story. But we were doing one of these um, trainings in our barn years ago. 
And with our trainings in, in um, for Egala trainings, it's a three-day training, and the horses are generally loose in the arena the entire time. People are in the arena, even when we're sitting down talking and processing, you bring your chairs out into the arena. So we were all out in the arena, and there was a group of people, I'm guessing probably 30, 40 people in my arena, and they're all kind of lined up with their chairs, and the presenters are working, and Wilson comes up behind this gentleman, and he starts just pushing on the back of his head with his nose and messing with the collar of his coat and just pestering him. And the guy at first just kind of like, get away. And he was trying to shoo him away. Okay. Mm -hmm. And mind you, there's four other horses loose in the arena as well. Yeah. Okay. But Wilson would not leave this guy alone. And the more he tried to push Wilson away and kind of move him with his hand, the more Wilson was just like right there. And he finally moved him around and Wilson walked around the entire group of people and approached him from the front. Okay. Found, same, found an opening same, in the group. Yeah, same guy. And now he's like, you know, trying to get his coat sleeve and he's nibbling at him and he's just right there and he's just not backing off. And this guy is getting angrier and angrier and angrier. And he looks up and nobody is rescuing him. Mm -hmm. Nobody, not the presenters, not me. And he is like, he finally, he just blew and he stood up, swore, okay, said, this is bullshit. And a few other nice remarks. Mm -hmm. And he yelled at me, these are your horses, you do something about this. And nobody moved. Mm -hmm. He stormed out and left the training. Okay. And the next morning he didn't arrive. And so we didn't know what was going on. Later on that morning, late, late morning, he walked in and he said, can I address the group? And we said, certainly. And he said that as a child, he was abused and his mom allowed it to happen, and nobody protected him. Nobody rescued him. Nobody shielded him from this abuse. And he said when Wilson came after him and nobody helped him, it brought up all of these feelings and all of this past stuff from being abused as a child that he said, I have never dealt with. And the, it has never surfaced until Wilson and so from there, he said, this is definitely something I'm going to work on in therapy. But if that horse hand have done that, I would have never dealt with my past abuse. That is so Good amazing. old Wilson. I know. I know. Isn't that the And best I remember story? that training. And after that, Wilson left him alone. I know. It was gone. Yeah. It was just, that it was, just was it. Back mm -hmm. to leaving him yeah. alone. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Wilson was amazing yeah. that way. Mm-hmm. And those are just some of the, you know, we've had so many magical moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Dad has always said equine therapy is between God and the horse. Yeah. yeah. We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. It happens. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So another great story. <laughs> Should we just tell stories? Yeah, might as well. <laughs> this might be a longer episode, but okay. It's worth it. Well, I have one more really good story about, um, about one of your young horses. And actually, this horse you got as a baby from a sale mm -hmm. 
And so this horse was very young when we started actually using her in our equine therapy, people, of course, not riding and stuff, but just handling her. Mm-hmm. And, and when I did get her to, she was completely unbroken and untrained to human touch. Right. When we got her, she had to be chased into the trailer, slammed the door behind her. <laughs> I remember. And trying to get her home. <laughs> yeah, trying to get her home. And then once she, we got her herded into her pen, in order to catch her the next few times, I actually had to rope her uh-huh. because she was so wild. Right. She was little. She was little. She was like mm-hmm. six months old, little. And she came out of it really quick, but right. she was uh-huh. a wild little thing for oh, the first she little She was. Bit. She was. Yeah. And at first, you could only brush the front end of her. Yeah. Because if you tried, when you're brushing her, when you got about mid-belly uh-huh. and tried to head backwards, she would start oh. cow kicking, which means... They're standing and they're they'll try to kick you from up front, right, with their back leg. Uh huh. And she was just and she would slam you into the trailer. She would throw her body weight around and push you over and try to kick you. And it was just like, oh, okay, it was fine. A rodeo. Well, yeah. we'll just we'll just uh, work we'll just, with this as we can. Yeah, but we'll yeah, just you brush your mane. Well, that's good. The yeah. rest of your body, we don't care about. Yeah, she wasn't being ridden, so she could be as dirty as she wanted to be until yeah. she got over it. Until she was nice. So one day, um, I'm doing an activity, and I had a new group of girls coming out. And often we don't tell the girls the horses' names, anything about them. And I had probably about five, six horses tied at different intervals in the round pen. And this particular activity was the girls were going to go around in groups of two. They were going to groom the horses come up with what they would name that horse, if they could pick a name for that horse, and what they thought about the horse's personality and kind of a description of what they thought about the horse, which is always reflective on what they think about themselves mm-hmm. and stuff that comes And this out. was uh, one of the group's first few times being out. It was, And yes. that was one thing we would start with with clients and groups is we wouldn't tell them about the horses or tell them names at first. Right. We'd let that kind of yeah. happen. Uh-huh. Yeah. And oftentimes they would name the horse and we would keep that name for the horse for quite a while. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Was, that group was there. That was that horse's, horse's name. name. He mm-hmm. was he was lightning for a good four months. <laughs> the best part is Brooke had a horse named Star and they named the horse horse star. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was the best. But anyway, Foxy was part of this group and I hadn't even thought about the fact that, oh, you don't groom Foxy's hind end. And I had her tied there and she's away from the other horses and the girls were brushing her. We went all day and the, uh, every group of girls brushed her front, back, whatever, had a great session. We put her away. Later that night, I'm telling Brooke, you know, about what happened and what we did. And she goes, mom, you can't brush Foxy's hind end. <laughs> well, we did all day. <laughs> Back to, they didn't know. Their energy was different. Their expectations were different. Mm-hmm. She totally reacted in an entirely different manner than she ever had with you. Yeah, yeah. It was mm-hmm. just complete, a mm-hmm. different agenda. Right. With you, it was game on. And with them, it's like, oh, that kind yeah. of feels good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But maybe one last story before we... And so, Foxy, one of the things that we did with the girls is we taught them how to round pan. Mm-hmm. And we would have them watch round pan videos so they had an idea of what a round pan um, was for, why we used it. And what a round pen is, is mm-hmm. it's a com- perfect circle mm-hmm. of about 
50 to 60 60 feet feet radius. Mm -hmm. radius. And so you have, your horse has enough room to run and be safely away from you, but you have still some control over the situation because there's littler space between you and them. it's not a huge arena. They Yeah, they can't just like... They're confined, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so why we round pin horses, all horses, especially young horses that we're learning to... um, break and and socialize is because round pinning is about respect. The idea is that the horse learns to respect you. There's different ways that we get respect from a horse in a round pan. And if a horse will respect you on the ground, they will respect you under saddle. Mm-hmm. Okay. And sorry to interrupt, oh, go ahead. Uh, but the, the idea behind how we round pin, there's lots of different ways, but majority of it is fairly similar. Mm-hmm. And it's based off of how wild horses, the dominant mare or the dominant stallion, how they run the herd around mm-hmm. and how the herd, the lower totem pole right. horses will react and that dynamic. Mm-hmm. And so people have gone out and studied this and watched the wild horses and watched kind of how they they communicate mm-hmm. and brought it into a round pen setting. Right. So therefore when we do that, we become head mare, mm-hmm. head stallion, yeah. and we run them around as a herd based mm-hmm. dynamic. Right. And so that's the idea. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. Right. And so what we found in working with our residential treatment kids is so much comes out in the round pen because it creates a metaphor for what's going on in their life with respect and and issues of dominance. So we had a young gal in our program and we were working with the round penning and she chose to work with Foxy. And again, Foxy was a few years older by now, but she was still pretty young. And so we we always get safety with the horses. We boot them up and whatever, but the, the participant goes in. And hold on, sorry. By booting them up? <laughs> we don't put cowboy boots on. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't a puss in boots situation for y'all that don't know. It is wraps that go on the horse's front hooves. Mm-hmm. And there's lower ones called bell boots, and there's taller ones that go up just below their knee called mm-hmm. splint boots. And what it does is it protects their front legs from their other legs coming up and, and clipping, them. clipping, kicking themselves, scuffing front feet together. Mm-hmm. And it's important to use those when the horse is at high speeds and turning fast. Right. Because if not, we've had a lot of horses that have come up with their own back legs and just sliced open their the front legs. Uh, their other legs, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, I know people will be like, you put boots on your horse? <laughs> I, just, I just forget that people don't <laughs> know, know how you boot up a horse. I'll just keep <laughs> inter- interrupting yeah. you and telling them <laughs> things. Oh, fine. <laughs> but anyway, so she goes out there and she goes in the round pen with Foxy. And Foxy is just wild. And just running around has no regard that there is a human in the round pen at all. And this person has a long stick with a flag on the end of it. And the flag is a white trash bag with a hole in, and we use it as a flag to kind of help 
determine direction. Atten- yeah, it gets their and- attention because it makes a swishing sound. Yeah. So and horses hate white. Yeah, they, do, they, <laughs> they do. just hate white. I don't know. They say they're colorblind, except for they hate white. <laughs> and I want to back up the train oh, because dear. before this story, Foxy had been round penned by me many, many times. Mm-hmm. She knew what was expected. She knew the drill. Yeah, she knew how to. Oh yeah. She knew that you were in there to assert dominance. She knew. And for me and my mom, we round penned her a lot. And mm-hmm. she was very respectful. We round pen all our horses. We round pen. Mm-hmm. We still do. Yep. It's just one of those little refresher. It's mm-hmm. nice to give them a workout. Right. So anyway. Yeah. So this wasn't brand new. This we did was not, not brand new to Foxy. But right. it was brand new to this, to this gal. girl. Yes. So she goes in there and Foxy is just running around the round pen. Won't stop. Won't look at her. She can't get her to even pay attention to her, which is several things that we look at in horses when we know that they're paying attention, they're they're focusing on us. Mm-hmm. And that never happened. And she just broke into tears. And immediately she said, this is my life. This is, Foxy is my brother. And the story here is she had an older brother that was abusive. I believe he was actually sexually abusive as well as verbally abusive and physically abusive. Um, Her mom did nothing to stop the abuse. And I'm not sure if her mom didn't believe it, but apparently the older brother was like the golden child. And so she had turned to drugs as a coping mechanism. And that's why she was in the program. Her behavior was out of control. She was addicted to drugs and she was in our program. So this horse then the metaphor became this horse was no longer named foxy this horse was named her brother okay and she just said i she couldn't do it she left the round pen in tears foxy never did cooperate so periodically from time to time things would happen in therapy and whatever and she says yep i i want to try round painting foxy again and she'd go out there and she'd have the same repeat uh, time after time. Foxy would run around. She'd cut her off in the arena. She'd be on the outside, but she'd be running and kind of fake kicking at her, you know, totally disrespect. She had no control of this horse in the round pen. And this went on for six months. <laughs> and not every week, but periodically she would say, I'm ready to try. And she would always have the same reaction, tears, just, you know, this is my life. Everybody mows me over. Everyone abuses me. I can't get control. Mm -hmm. She was going to be about terminating. We're looking at ending her going back home. And she came out one day and she gets out of the van and she walks over to me and she says, I'm ready. And I said, okay. And she goes and gets Foxy out puts her boots on her, gets her flag, puts Foxy in the round pen. We all get our lawn chairs. We're all lined up around the round pen watching. And she goes in there with an attitude I have never seen before. She marches in there. She picks that flag up. And if a horse could say, oh, shit, (laughs) Foxy would have said, oh, shit. Because, I mean, Foxy was like, oh, whoops. And Karen, or Karen. Little Karen. Learn Karen. She went after Foxy with an attitude of, I will not allow you to disrespect me. I will not allow you to run near me. You will keep boundaries, whatever. And Foxy did. And Foxy, she round pinned 
beautifully. And Karen stopped her, turned her in a different direction correctly. She went back the other way. She put her flag down. Foxy stopped, walked over to her, and joined up. Mm-hmm. And at that point, everybody was in tears. And she says, I'm ready to go home. Oh, that's so, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. That was our... That was one of those moments that you just go, oh, yeah. this has been worth it. Because when a horse joins up, that means mm-hmm. they approach you. Right. And that's their way of saying, mm-hmm. you are boss. Right. Like, I respect I you respect fully. You. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So anyway. That is so cool. Yeah. Yep. Equine therapy is amazing. It is. So anyway, I'm glad we've had this opportunity to share I love telling stories. <laughs> I could tell them all day. But the years of equine therapy have just been amazing and I think very beneficial and rewarding for everyone involved. So I'm actually glad we had some people ask questions about what equine therapy is all about. And we'll probably talk more about it because I think as we talk about other issues, stories from the barn mm-hmm. are always going to pop up. Hey, well, um, here's our disclaimer. our fancy disclaimer. So if anything that we've talked about in this episode brings up or triggers issues that you feel might relate to you and you feel like you want to maybe seek out counseling, please don't hesitate to do so. The other thing, since we talked about equine therapy, um, egala.org is a very good resource to go to if you're interested in finding a program in your area. So mm-hmm. there's therapy programs. Egala is um, nationwide, and it's also in like I think 30 different countries. Mm-hmm. So it's out there. So people can find equine therapy if that's something that you want to do. And it's not just treatment center therapy, right? You can like my, you have done individual. your normal mm-hmm. individual. Oh yeah. Instead, individual. like okay, and today instead of doing office, and they wanted to go out and work with horses, mm-hmm. and so you can also find right that avenue. Right. It doesn't, it's just not about groups. Right. Right. Yep. I work with individuals, families, couples. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So back to don't hesitate to seek help if, if there's something that pops up that you feel like you need help with. Yep. Okay. And reach out if you guys have any questions on this. Yeah, we enjoyed that. Yeah, we did. And just even, even if you think it's a dumb horse question, if you don't know what something meant that we said, if we didn't explain it, ask us. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I uh, will link our email for any questions in the show notes. And don't forget to recommend this podcast to friends. And yeah, more listeners, the better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And give us some ratings, but we will uh, catch you next time. Okay. Bye. Bye.